Hey folks, thanks for tuning in to episode number 8 of For Fit's Sake, the podcast brought to you by FS Gyms. This week we've got a really interesting episode lined up for you. Myself and Rudds are joined in the studio by Neil Gunning, aka Meals by Neil, as he's better known from social media. Neil is a guy that's got more experience than anyone myself and Rudds have ever met in terms of experimenting with his diet, with his body, with his training. He's had some major ups and downs on his health and fitness journey. He's also a guy that takes on some of the craziest challenges I've ever seen anybody set themselves. The mic is actually picking up him rowing in the background on his way to clocking a million meters this year on the roll machine insane i know we're going to talk neil about his motivations for taking on these types of challenges his motivations and trying to transform his body what he's up to in terms of changing his career uh, pursuing a vegan diet this episode is going to be full of tons of takeaways for anybody listening we can't wait so let's get stuck in Good morning, Jeds. Happy Sunday. How are we getting on? Fantastic. Um, had a nice little coffee there that Neil made me, so feeling good. And Neil, how are you doing? I'm great, thanks. Great to be here, guys. Nice early start to a Sunday morning. Yeah, nice early rise from Ruffin Kenny. What time did you hit the road at? I hit the road about six this morning, so nice early start. That's serious commitment to the pot of a Sunday. And uh, Rudds, how's your weekend going so far? Yeah, great. Um, what did I do yesterday? Oh yeah, yesterday I uh, went down with the Mary's lads and we had a session in uh, Berkey's Place, CrossFit 353. Then I had some breakfast and watched the rugby for most of the day. Very enjoyable. And Rudds, you're training today with the Irish clubs up in Ashburn? I certainly am. Yeah, exciting. Should be good crowd up there. Um, we're playing Ashburn in Second Ireland Towns Cup. Good crowd from the gym going up. Um, Kilkenny RFC, one of our sponsored clubs. So it'll be nice. There's good, good few staff going up to watch. But yeah, hopefully we go match. Good weekend rugby all in all. But enough about the rugby. Um, we're here to talk to Neil. Obviously, he's got tons of experience um, in things we touched about in the intro. So Neil, do you want to kind of fill us in on what's been going on in your life over the last couple of months? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I suppose... Just to bring it even a couple of months back before that, um, I'd been working in banking for seven years or so and um, always a hard worker, like try to really put a lot of effort into my work and career and that. Um, but I had a kind of realisation over the last year, a lot of things happened last year and kind of waking up one morning and saying to myself, I'm getting out and I'm going to work today and I'm going to work hard, but I'm working for someone else in terms of fulfilling their ambitions or corporate ambitions and really I'm not getting as much personal fulfillment from it and I kind of had to sit down and think well what would personally fulfill me in um in life I suppose where I wake up in the morning and I jump out of bed and I say I'm happy to get up at five in the morning or whatever time and do something I love because it's not like work it's like you're doing something that you enjoy and you can be happy doing so yeah I um, took the decision to leave banking and uh, take up a career in helping people I suppose not necessarily any specifics um, at the time I made the decision um, I had been going through uh, nutrition coaching um, with Kieran for the year and um I suppose I saw how much that had helped me on my own journey in becoming a better person, uh, learning new habits and things. And I felt that I had a lot of experience um, from that that I could share with other people through my journey. So my first step was, um, I suppose, to become a precision nutrition coach um, and try and help people through through that channel at some stage down the line. Um, I then, I suppose, I, I, I was chatting to you one day um, over the phone and I mentioned... 
that um, I was going to do this, take this leap of faith and see that was, how... That was a big surprise to me. I didn't know this was coming along. Yeah, I can still remember the phone call, you know, and you're like, wait, what? Yeah, so, you know, um, from your reaction then, um, something clicked, I think, between us and um, we, we just said we'd go for dinner and have a chat about it, like, just to... Just, just, just to talk about it, really, and we did. We met up in Kilkenny one evening, and just to talk through it, and something just resonated. I think between the two of us, and our ambitions were aligned. Like in terms of your guys here in FFS are, um, like they're just so good at helping people. That's that's what they do here. The community is amazing. Um, what I want to do is help people as well. So you know, which are what you do here already. What you want in your people here. What I wanted to do in life something clicked there and we said maybe we could do something together so um uh, i decided to i suppose um push on with the um how i could help people even more by looking to become a personal trainer as well um through my journey i suppose it's not just being nutrition but i've had a lot of like physical goals as well and i've been losing weight i've always had a great interest in the gym i'm always open to helping people regardless of where or what or how as long as I can give somebody something to help benefit them, it, that fulfills me more than anything. So um, I took the opportunity to take up a, a course and become a gym instructor and a personal trainer also, um, which I am fortunate enough to have finished up and passed just last week. So That's great news. Congratulations. Um, so you're obviously thinking about this for a long time, working with Rhodes throughout the year of your nutrition coaching. You'd made the decision to leave the bank to still seek to seek more professional fulfillment were you starting studying while you were still working full-time or how exactly was that structured how did that work um i had signed up when i like i knew my end date so i'd signed up for both pn level one and level two which i'm starting in april and that'll be another year long um but yeah so i had signed up and i just kind of like uh, looking at it, it actually only starts at certain times of the year yeah. so it was it was starting um in perfect time for me when i was leaving the bank so i was able to go full hog at that for uh for i suppose the guts of six weeks um really like full time on that um making sure that i got as much from it as i could and that's probably important having kind of going from a transition straight from nine to five full-time work sometimes people can switch off when they have a good bit of downtime to think about a career change like that you were probably straight into structured study again that must have helped yeah absolutely um it's the same with everyone when is the hardest time to work is when you come back from two weeks holidays or something you just you know if you let yourself your routine kind of fall out it, it can affect you and your work ethic and i'm like i say and i'm the type of person who likes to have a routine and some sort of work ethic so um yeah getting up doing study going to the gym you know um doing things that just made me feel good like um over over those that period of time really helped me like make sure that i had made the right decision um it gave me time to think um relax a small bit um i knew it was going to be um i suppose a productive couple of months um productive as in i'd be doing a lot of long hours and driving and things like that for a while um so just to be in the right mindset to tackle all that and come out the far end as the person I want to be, which I feel I have achieved um, as of where I am now. I'm in line with where my goals were, so I'm feeling good. Um, well, that's great. That was probably a really beneficial time for you to sit down and reflect on what actually makes you happy. Make sure that you feel like you're on the right path. It's something that myself and Rudds discuss all the time. People don't have opportunities enough in the modern lifestyle to sit back and actually reflect. Yeah, <clears throat> definitely. And... The thing is with it, it's like the same with training. You might see, oh, I see someone doing something on the internet and I want to do, 
I want to lift that weight or I want to do that skill or do that competition. But maybe your motivation isn't the right motivation to see you through the actual work. So say, for instance, becoming a personal trainer with Neil's motivation of wanting to help people, I'd say that's probably is one of the right uh, the right pieces of motivation because then you're willing to do all the unseen parts like you're talking about, Roy, um, and maybe you're not going to be as, it's not going to be as glamorous as you think, uh, or at least the, the big thing is with the Instagram is uh, it's a highlight reel of everyone's life. So if you look around at, say, for instance, the top um, fitness and the fitness influencers in Ireland, you see them, like, say, Craig FS. Craig uh, but even, Roy, for you looking at um, when you were on the Fresh Resolutions with uh, Rob Lipset. So I chat to people about, you know, people say, oh, Roy's interviewing him. Oh, sure, have you seen him? He has a great life he gets to go uh to in all the Maldives the, yeah he gets to go to all these countries and all he does is film himself and there's but like the reality of that is that's just the highlight reel and then when you interviewed him he talked about doing a full-time job and then doing his work when he got home in the evenings to build his brand and then on the weekends filming the things so for him he obviously had the motivation that allowed him like the right motivation for him he had a purpose a mission that allowed him to do all the work it takes to get there and that's the same in your case you have arguably one of the well you can't say the wrong or right but you definitely have a powerful motivation to do this career and then as a result you're driving up from Kilkenny you're working here during the day then going off doing the uh, the your qualifications then driving back here to work with me in the evenings and still staying really positive really motivated and then off the back end of that you've ended up getting the qualification where you want and like you talked about being in line with your goals for this stage of your career and that's exactly it. it's a very exciting stage of your career just a start of your career as a coach and personal trainer but you've been doing this for a long time through your own experiences you've built up a bank of knowledge and experimentation i suppose with your own body um it's something that's going to bring it's a huge asset and a skill that you have now is you're incredibly relatable to anybody who's on a, a body composition or a weight loss journey. You've been living it for years. You're currently in the middle of it and your experience is huge. You've, you know, you've got a huge depth of knowledge in that area and it must be very exciting for you. Yeah. So, um, I suppose, uh, the word that comes to mind is experience. Um, and that's true and lots, <laughs> lots of, it, yeah. of it. Yeah. So like, I think one of the most important pieces I have that makes uh, it, it relatable to me for, for a lot of people is out there there's a lot of um, fad diets or crash diets and as a younger guy um, you take I take them all yeah I tried them all um, when I was about 21 or 20 or 21 um, I uh, I was quite heavy at the time so I think it was about 133 kilos I think at the time um, when, I, when I, I was at my heaviest back then and I, um, I suppose, like my mom, my my own mother was sick at the time, um, and I knew that she had seen the weight on me. I'd put it on over a couple of years after school, and I, I suppose I just wasn't the happy person like that I would have been like growing up being a teenager and that. So but you picked up a couple of injuries, didn't you? You were probably in very good shape when we finished up playing rugby in school, and then you had a bad knee and ankle injury, wasn't it? Yeah, so tore ligaments, um, tore ligaments in my knee, um, and in my ankle, um, in a in a tackle during a 
uh, ta- uh, tag match. Oh, I think it was um, Mark Coughlin at the oh, time. The <laughs> ah, yeah, but look, it's the way it goes. Um, so, yeah, um, that kind of put me out of, uh, for a long time. Um, and, it, it, you know, it, it took a long time to recover. Um, so, yeah, it, it just, I suppose, training kind of stopped and... I put on weight. Um, I suppose I, I finished school. I took a year out before I went to college. Um, I did go back to college uh, to do a degree in comms and PR in Carlo. And um, I, I suppose it was heavy. I was still heavy at this t- time, you know. Yeah, m- like my mum got sick. Um, she had cancer. Um, and at the time, she, like she, she, she being sick and I suppose not being happy with how... I suppose how I looked and how I felt, you know, obviously any mother's concern is how her kids are feeling. Yeah. And with it, I suppose it took me a while to actually see that, you know, what the, my lifestyle I was living was, was very poor. Like, you know, you kind of, you get wrapped up inside it. You don't see, you don't see it coming at you. And all of a sudden one day at some stage you'll wake up and say, Oh God, like where, how did this happen? Like, you know, and, and then I suppose, her being my motivation uh, at the time to lose weight so that was my motivation the means to lose it and like the first means I came across was a liquid diet um, that I could lose it quick you know I, I knew that my mother didn't have too long left and I suppose I wanted to um, I wanted to lose weight as quick as possible so I hopped on a liquid diet um, and with any liquid diet, you're going to lose weight. You're in a huge calorie deficit. You go into ketosis. Um, your body is just like gobbling up any stored fat, like so. Um, you, and water weight as well, like so. You do you see huge like weight loss? It's just physical weight loss in the first. What, what are we talking? Uh, like I think of the first week, you like I think I lost like fourteen pounds, and that's water weight, and like it's probably not even much fat at all because realistically, a calorie deficit, you're only going to get so much. Um, you're going to only lose so much in a calorie deficit. Um, like I was probably taking in 500 calories a day on these liquid shakes, two shakes a day, and water. That was it, nothing else. Um, so like again, like I was saying, like I saw that, like my, I suppose that it was it would have made my mother happier to see me losing weight. So I think I'd lost about two stone at the time that she passed away, and it, she she was definitely like would have enjoyed seeing weight coming off. Um, so I decided to keep going with it. I went on that liquid diet, I think, for four months solid at the time. This week, I'm 21, 22, and uh, I lost in total about seven stone, and I was down to 90, about 90 kilos, roughly. Over, over the four months period, seven stone. And the two, no, four months was about whatever, four, four to five stone, like okay. whatever I, I hadn't lost at that stage already. I took a small break like to uh in around the funeral time and then afterwards i went straight back on it so yeah like i came out of that i was at the lightest i'd been in a long time i was in around i think 90 kilos um so it was 90 pounds i'd lost altogether and i um what what, what happened was i started training then um back in the gym and i trained i had started training as i was losing the weight i just kind of got into the gym but I suppose I I really started going to the gym a lot. I, I ingrained it in my routine, as in like I'd be in the gym seven days a week. Uh, I was a young guy, you know. A lot of young guys could probably relate to that. They're in the gym every day. Now I'd make it that I'd be doing like a four to five day split program, and uh, even if I wasn't doing weights in the gym, I'd go up and do some cardio or just go to the sauna or the pool. But every day I just had to make it to the gym. 
I just needed to be in there and I suppose and this will play a part in kind of the habits piece I'll talk about later on so going to the gym was great and I went there and I trained hard, really hard, and I relaxed. And that was part of my routine every single day. If I had to, I didn't have a car at the time. I'd walk forty-five minutes to the gym, do the workout, walk home, heavy bag, like wet clothes after a swimming pool or whatever. And it didn't matter. Like I knew there was a an end point somewhere, so like I get back to the house, so I could relax then or whatever. So I um, did this for a long time, um, and then I took up strongman as well um, with James Fenley and Kilkenny, and. Um, we, you know, I, I would have competed a few times. So this was a, a, a kind of change to my training. So I would have trained heavy on a Saturday doing lifting, strongman events, training. And then we split program during the week and a bit of recovery. Um, so I was flying it like I had no injuries or anything like that. So this is what made it so easy for me. But then um, I remember I uh, actually just I injured an abdominal muscle. And it was one of these odd ones that wouldn't be a regular injury. And I... Um, I couldn't like bend down, I couldn't do do anything and it was like two to three months and what happened was I hadn't, even though I'd been going to the gym, I hadn't um, factored in what if I'm injured or what if I can't do do something. So when that happened, I, I didn't know what to do because I couldn't move properly. The gym was probably the one thing, that one thing kind of physically holding everything together, was it? Exactly, yeah, and that kind of kept everything else ticking over. Um, the only reason I ate anyway well, and looking back, it probably wasn't well. It was just what I knew at the time. I'd eat like rice and chicken, or like you know quinoa, and beans, green beans and chicken. Like I used to buy like trays of those thirty chicken fillets and like chop them up and freeze them up every month or whatever, you know. But I I didn't know what um I didn't know what to do if I couldn't go to that gym every day. And train. I just hadn't thought about it. I hadn't ingrained any habits for that to factor in if that happened. So when I when I did that, it brought me out of my routine as such. And um, I, uh, I I suppose again with my eyes closed, woke up one day and there I am, like uh, with all the weight back on plus a bit, like and. I think it was June or July 2016. I was at my heaviest I've been in my life, and it was 142.7 kilograms. Like, um, and that like that's humongous. Like, you know. So you've gone kind of one 133 down to 90, uh, training really hard, competing, doing the strongman, and then get injured, creeps back up to to 142. Was that a stage in your life where it was very much all or nothing? I'm going to the gym every day. That's kind of the glue that holds everything together. And once that can't happen, the whole thing sort of fell apart a little bit. Is that what it felt? That real all or nothing mentality? Yeah, what a wake up call. Like, um, again, like, it's, it's a crazy weight. Like, you know, for any human to be like, even if you're tall, it's still a huge weight. Like, you know, and it's the tallest of people. So, um, yeah, I, I kind of said... You weren't the tallest of people that came around. <laughs> <laughs> Rudd's is taller anyway, and you're yeah. smaller, but I'm in the middle. <laughs> so, um, yeah, like, what what am I going to do? So I think it was July 16, I, I didn't know, I still didn't know what to do. I went back, like, training rugby for a few months, but I was doing a post-grad, um, postgraduate diploma as well through UCD, so weekends were caught, um, and I have I have my two boys at home as well, and weekends with them is important, and just... With rugby matches on the weekends, I, I couldn't really commit and I didn't want to commit to playing with the club 
um, if I couldn't turn up to certain matches and let down the team. So that's why I, I filtered out of it. Um, so I'd lost a couple of kilo just from the few months training. Um, still wasn't really hugely focused on diet, but I had, I'd started like cooking a bit and I started my Instagram account because um, FFS were running a competition for the... Um, FS Nom Nom um, so you know put up your meals and stuff and like I always enjoyed cooking so I said I'd do it now they probably like the first few meals I'd put up like like they all they were alright but they probably weren't as, as detailed as they might be now but I, I enjoyed it like I enjoyed the, the little challenge and that and well detailed they are and would I be right in saying that that was your kind of inspiration for setting up the page was the first ever FS Nutrition Nom Nom can we claim that as your inspiration there, they were my first. Uh, yeah, like I had, I had set up an Instagram account, but I'd never. I think I had put up one or two pictures of like a dinner, um, and I saw the FFS, uh, the nom nom that Craig was running. Yeah. Uh, he mentioned that throwing up, like throw up the food there, tag it, like you know, and we're we're running a competition every month. So. Yeah, so I did. He certainly did. Yeah. Apron, yeah, 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 and I use the slow cooker every now and then. It's great. Like, um, I'm trying to keep I have the apron like framed on the wall. Well, not really, but like, <laughs> it's, it's, it's it's in my mind. It's framed on the wall. You know, yeah, it's like yeah. a trophy. Um, so yeah, like uh, I got into the cooking and that. And, like again, there was no huge focus on like doing that in specific with it. I just kind of started to to tip away at it, and I enjoyed it. So why wouldn't I keep doing it? I was then talking to yourself in December and you mentioned that FFS now had a new nutrition coaching platform that you were launching and um, would I be interested in coming on board? So I, um, t- to see it, you, you know where I was at with my weight and I said, all right, I'll give it a go. Like, you know, what have I to lose in fairness? Um, so yeah, I, um, I, I went on board and I guess December 16. December 16. Yeah. So the end of December 16 and, I got my first, like, my first introduction to the program. So as you'd expect with Anton, you'd expect to take photos, measurements, which which is, uh, and take your weight. Like, you need a starting point. You need to be able to measure from something. So that was great. But then, the, you know, I had the app and everything like that, and the, the daily lessons started coming in. And that's where it kind of took me by surprise a little. I was expecting something to come in at me and say, right, so you got to, like, do a five-mile run, and you have to do, you know, eating like this, porridge and this, this and that and it wasn't and and that that's what was really i suppose what had my buy-in straight away was there was nobody like just pressuring you to do anything it was just saying this is what you need to do that will change your life and it was really based around habits like and some of the habits so every two weeks you're given a new habit to practice daily um and, and to just to try and grain those habits into your lifestyle and they'll help you when you come through the program to maintain a sustainable um, weight loss. And that, that probably resonated with you very quickly, having been a guy who's like exactly the roller coaster that you just described. You probably haven't seen something like that before where it's getting into that mindset of long term and sustainability opposed to end point, end point, end point. Absolutely, yeah. So like it, it was all like it was all focused around coming out as a better person, understanding that you can have a really balanced healthy lifestyle because you learn the things you need to learn that will help you to do that subconsciously and the types of habits that like really stuck with me um through that the ones that stand out were around like say 
first one was make time. The first habit of the program is making time. And what it meant was just make some sort of time for yourself during the day to do something towards your healthy actions. So it wasn't saying, you know, prep six times a day and do this and that. The other, it was like literally just make 15 minutes a day and uh, do it like to either take time out to eat a healthy meal or to think about things or whatever it might be. And then you move on to habits like eating slowly. And for some people, um, it might seem a bit weird. And like for me, because I was on a weight loss journey, it was eat slowly. If you're on a weight gain journey, it's probably eat fast. <laughs> um, so everybody knows or hears that, you know, your 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 stomach signals your brain after like 10 or 15 minutes that you're, you're getting, you're full. So if you eat fast, you can overeat so easily because you get to the point where you've eaten it all and then you get to that point 20 minutes later and you feel stuffed and you feel sluggish because you're after overeating because you ate so fast. So we started focusing on eating slowly um, and it was eating slowly to ultimately for the next habit, eating till, 80, till you're 80% full for weight loss. So you'd eat um, slower so your, your stomach could signal your brain to let you know that you're full um, and you could feel yourself getting fuller and fuller so you kind of know what your full point is roughly and the 80% full is if you can cut out 20% of your I suppose your what, what you're eating normally you're automatically going to be in whether a calorie deficit or not but you're not going you're going to be eating 20% less less than you were if you were just eating the same pace as you were not being mindful of how much you're eating um, so that that was really strong in um that was a really strong point in helping me um, to to get started into the program. Again, nobody firing anything at you. It was just practice these small habits every couple of weeks daily and we'll move on to a new habit and then just keep those ones going, taking over in the background. Well, these small habits and skills, Rose, these are exactly what we talked about on the fat loss episode, eating to 80%, learning how to eat slowly. People from the gym and people on Instagram from getting questions in about the podcast, <clears throat> they find it difficult to understand how eating to 80% can have such a huge difference in learning that skill of listening to your body and listening to your hunger signals. People, they don't train that. And for you, that's a huge skill. It's a game-changing skill. So when you can learn to slow down and be aware of what you're eating so what we talk about with people that are on the precision on the FS nutrition coaching with me uh, through precision nutrition is awareness creates change so when you become aware of something then it gives you the power to change things so like neil talked about i took a few notes and one of the things he said he was talking about was he had exercise as his habit that was his only real habit and then everything else hinged on that but if you're looking at it, you probably weren't aware of why you were eating. You just were eating. But then when you, an exercise kind of propped it all up. It was almost your crutch. And then when you took away exercise, you didn't, like I said, you just woke up one morning and you realized you were at your heaviest weight. Because the whole time you probably weren't aware of the habits that, that were going and why you were eating and all this type of stuff. Whereas what the, uh, course the FS nutrition coaching where it tackles the why and you become aware of why am I eating why am I eating quickly uh, what does it feel like when I eat slower how do I feel when I eat this food um, am I hungry or am I eating because I feel I should eat or am I eating because I want to eat uh, like all these things that allowed you then to build all these habits that you had 
Um, it also allowed you to build an awareness where when you're sitting down to eat now, you're asking yourself, why am I eating? Or um, when you're finishing up the food, you're like, I've actually had enough and all this type of thing. That now, if you took an exercise out of your routine, you'd still be able to maintain your weight. Whereas before you were relying on exercises, this crutch that would, one, help you create a bit of a calorie deficit, but two, it was just something that if you were exercising, you'd eat the chicken fillets, you'd eat the quinoa, you'd do all this stuff. But whereas if exercise went, then maybe it was like, well, I can't do that, so now I can't eat healthy, or I can't slow down my eating, or I can't eat to 80%. So I think the, the awareness, awareness creates change. So when you're aware of something then it gives you the power to look at things logically because habits, often the habits we have that don't serve the purposes we want, they're just things that the logical part of our brain doesn't process. They're designed for us to save time. So the the reason we have habits is so we don't have to put conscious thought into everything we do all the time because we get tired of it. They're shortcuts. So they're really, really handy shortcuts. But if you're not aware of why you're using the shortcut, it's so easy to fall back into routines that you know probably don't help you but you don't realize they're happening yeah so um with i suppose the subconscious element i was talking about uh those habits being ingrained and, and learning them over a long period of time just bit by bit and not like going all in as roy mentioned earlier on with anything it's like taking the longer view on it not the short-term view it, it means that I can carry on with a, a happy, healthy lifestyle and I don't have to think about it. And that that's what's really resonated with me over the last while. I haven't had to um I haven't had to focus hugely on like anything I, I have I doesn't feel like I'm working to do this. It feels like I it's just happening. I, I'm like I've built those habits. I'm uh like I prep food and I enjoy it. But there's times I don't prep food or show up an Instagram picture of the food or whatever I, I cook and I eat as well and I'm, I'm happy like and I can go and have something in a cafe or restaurant and know that my uh, my without doing anything or forcing myself to balance out that it will happen anyway and I'll continue to live like live a healthy happy lifestyle well that's something that's probably really important for people who are like you built up an arsenal of tools that now removes the anxiety from from eating like you're you're thinking about things as this is just another day uh I'll, I'll continue to my habits which are really basic like you're not people who are listening to this now can't be going oh there's no way i can do what that guy's doing you're talking about you've got two kids you've got huge travel commitments with getting up and down for work while you were training to to get qualified you're putting aside a small bit of time you're talking 15 30 minutes a day for yourself whether it's exercise or, or food prep like they're really basic foundations that People, you'd be hard pressed. I wouldn't. You'd be hard pressed to kind of say I can't do those things. I can't, I can't put aside fifteen to thirty minutes if you're if you're not organised and planning ahead. So with the the arsenal of tools that you built, the anxiety around your eating is definitely down. You said there you can go to a cafe and not be like, oh my god, this mightn't be spot on with my macronutrients. It mightn't be perfect with my calories. But you know that what you're doing most of the time is is in line with your goals. That it's going to keep you moving in the right direction. That you're not worried about it. Yeah, exactly, and. Uh that's when the puzzle like clicked for me. It was the last piece, you know, that, well, I suppose the journey doesn't end either, just to say that, but... We'll I, talk about that in a minute. Yeah. The journey is in full swing. <laughs> so, um, yeah, but absolutely, I, I feel like 
everything I've done over the last year and a half or so, or year, you know, 14, 16 months, has helped me come to this point and future points where, like you're saying there, I don't have that anxiety of around eating, um, where I always think it's guilty, you know, or something like that. It's like I'm doing 90% of the time, like, everything and it's i'm doing it robotically like it's not it's not something i have to focus on it just happens um and then so then when it comes to relaxing and enjoying myself i don't do that with a guilty conscience or any anxiety i just get on with it knowing that the next choice i make will be a naturally positive one uh in line with my goals so you know that's all i I need to keep doing well that brings us into one of the big things that ever, ever since you've been around the gym, you've been knocking around for maybe th- kind of two and a half months now, just being around the place, getting some experience, shadowing, getting to meet clients. Um, funnily enough, who you only know them by their Instagram handles because they've been following you for so long, like mini, mini food celebrity before you even knew it. But uh, like positivity, that's like I've known you for years. I've known what a positive guy you can be, but but I've seen times where you haven't been very positive. You've been you've been down. You've been through a whole lot between you know your mother passing, um, having two kids is tough. It's going to have its ups and downs. I'm sure a lot more ups and downs, but it, it brings challenges. Um, like you know, I, I've I've seen both sides to you, but I haven't heard one person say anything except that guy is insanely positive. Rudds, you first thing you said when we sat down to have a kind of interview, Neil, you were like, "Wow, what like." what a positive guy so for myself the two things that i think because you're pretty miserable Rudds. you're never really exactly you know well he he, t- he takes the edge off me but the two things i see from the coach the other end of the side so the other side of the the glass from neil this from you from you coaching from neil online coaching neil over online over the year and what allowed him to be to be able to achieve the things that he's achieved and be able to have changed his mindset, his life on food was two things. One, Neil is very open-minded and always a student. And I think people can take a huge amount from that is it's so easy to go into something like this. So the FS nutrition coaching and go in and have your own predetermined ideas. So like I'm going to get a diet plan. I'm going to be told exactly what to eat. I'm going to lose this weight. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And then when you get in and it's different to what you think, then you shut down and you close off and you don't open yourself up to trying things. Or maybe you don't maybe look inwards and go, well, why am I doing these things? Like what's causing these habits as opposed to just give me the quick fix. So one, Neil is always a student and he's very open minded. And I think we can all take something from that. It's just being able to go, well, this isn't working. I'm asking for help here. You and then you get something different. Okay, I'm. Ju- you said I'm just gonna try this, and I think that that was one factor. And the second factor was what you you, you alluded to there, Roy, is incredible positivity. So if I was just to describe Neil for one word over the year of working with him, so I never saw him in person, bar maybe once or twice. It was always just getting his answers every day through the um through the coaching program was incredible positivity. Everything was positive. I'm being redu- made redundant. Fantastic. This is a great opportunity to work on my career. I'm uh, currently, you know, well over the weight I want to be. Fantastic. This is a fresh start. Like everything was framing everything as a positive thing. Um, or at least acknowledging that this, isn't, like I've always said, this isn't ideal. Like this is a bit of one of my downs. But 
I'm going to turn this into a positive or I'm going to see the positive part in this. So that for me as a coach was one of the things that just shone through every time I saw lessons and then uh, allowed you to do the things you've done and continue to do the things you do. But then when we've got you in this environment, that's something I've noticed that it's not something that you were just writing on the laptop and not living. It's something I've noticed that you live, that everything is fantastically positive Um or if it isn't a good thing, you see the good in something. So you're like, ah, oh, this isn't great, but it's going to allow me to do this. Or you, you talked about driving up and down. You, you said like uh, the downtime before doing this with the personal training and working here. You're like, that was good to get that downtime because I know when I'm coming into this, it's going to be a lot of work and I'm going to be up and down. I'm going to do lots of driving. So you, you were able to see something that was a big challenge and but be able to intersect the positive into it. So... I think that that's a fantastic quality to have, uh, being really positive, but also not being like blind with positivity, seeing like this is a tough thing or this is going to challenge me, but I can flip it in on, my, on its head or I can find the positive thing in that. Would you, and would you think, Neil, that that's something that comes from the way you train, the way you, you eat, you know, like it's also manageable that, like I said, it's, it's worth trying to find ways in life at the minute like everything i'm looking at online in the research that i'm doing to try and help a lot of my clients it's how to reduce their anxiety surrounding training and nutrition because it's like rudds is talking about to see things on instagram they want to do things that other people are doing their motivations might be correct but just if somebody misses a training session in the gym it's the end of the world all of a sudden like and it just isn't it is not the end of the world or if they have if they're sticking to like a rigid enough way that they're eating if they slip up slightly it's the end of the world and it's it just leads to these big explosions all the time. Um, but it's the same thing in life. If you're quite like, like myself and Rudd's would be quite different. Rudd's very even keel, very practical, thinks about things a lot. I can get reasonably quicker to react, shall we say. Um, you know, we that's kind of good for us to balance each other out. We try take bits from each other. But like, it doesn't matter what type of personality you have, whether you're very extra or introvert. If you're kind of on an even keel with the big rocks in your life, your training, your nutrition, your sleep, your attitude towards work, your attitude towards your family, when obstacles do come up, you're probably in a better position to to handle it better and to react positively. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's something I kind of, I keep trying to ingrain in my mindset constantly, especially over the last year or two. When it comes to challenges in life, I've had a huge amount of them coming at me in various different ways. And again, you can look at it like, oh, that was a terrible time or that was a great experience for my life, you know, to become a better person, to handle to handle those type of challenges when they come or harder challenges. Like, oh, there, there's no doubt in my mind that I'm going to have tremendous challenges later on in life. They're going to come one way or another. Everybody's in the same boat. It's how you, you know, how you're prepared to approach those when they come at you. Um, is what what I find is is important. Like so, even with training and things like that, it's like w- when you know that you're putting in the hard work all the time. And if you miss a gym session, it's not the end of the world as long as you know that you're prepared to keep doing what you do most of the time. So you get back to it. Like even just for an example, last week I'm doing a lot of rowing at the minute, and I have a target of like forty seven thousand meters a week, which is a lot. Flexing to that a bit more yeah. in a second, yeah. But what happened last week was uh, just like from listening to my own body, I felt I had done 20 odd thousand early in the week and I'd been, I, I started just feeling a few niggles in my forearms and my hip was, my hip flexor was just a bit sore. So 
I decided, made a decision to say, all right, we're not going to do any more rowing for the rest of the week. I didn't think any more about it. So um, I get back stuck in next, like in the week coming. Um, I had done extra in the couple of weeks before without even planning on doing extra. So it's still average out the same, but just be mindful of, I missed two days of or three days of what I would normally have done of rowing for the last few months. And I'm able to just get back on the horse tomorrow and go back into it without thinking like, oh, I missed a few days or, or this or that. Well, uh, I actually, or I have to go do five times more rowing next exactly, week. Exactly, yeah. Just going to go back into it. Just go back into it. What, I did, what I did was I gave my body a chance to recover and uh, and feel good. And um, and that's that's what I needed at the time, but I wouldn't feel guilty about it. i go back tomorrow. So challenges, you're talking about kind of like a challenges, like fitness challenges, right? Um what are you doing at the minute? Give us just the stock you're doing so much at the minute. Start with one. All right. So um, as, right, as of right now, I'm in the middle of completing a million meter row. It's a personal challenge I set myself for 12 months. And then all the good people of Instagram. This is so stupid. Set me a six month challenge. I love, I love a good old challenge now, to be fair. And uh, <laughs> I, um, I had set myself a target of completing a million meters on the roar in 12 months. Um, which is a lot of rowing, like still monthly. Like, what's tw- that averaging out? Kind of like 20, four or five rows a week. Yeah, about twenty thousand meters a week. Like you know, and if you're doing intervals and stuff as well, like that takes a lot longer than just a, a, a less distance in a longer time. So, yeah. and I do try to mix it up. So, um, yeah, that's about twenty thousand meters a week. Um, whereas then I I just felt I was going to be stopping during the summer anyway for three months because I have some other challenges on where I need to focus on training specific. Um, types types of training so the, the the Spartan races Spartan races um I'll touch on a couple of the others in a moment um yeah so uh, before what I said is I sure look I'll see what the people think and uh, I said I thought will I do it in six months or will I do it in twelve months on a on a poll on Instagram and um it was fifty three percent to forty seven percent never let the people the yeah. people decide the, the people, people are assholes they don't their, care have all their names written down so I remember yeah. who they are so. yeah, yeah. You'll, <laughs> fi- you'll find them someday but yeah so six months so end of May I have to have the millimeters completed and we say I have to I don't physically have to nobody's going to say oh you didn't do it in six months but personally for me having goals um achieving goals is 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 important to have it always in your life and not to not to ever put aside so i'd like to keep them taking over so that's my first big challenge of this year is to finish that and realistically i want to have it done by mid-may because i have uh two spartan races on the same day at the end of may um so the first one will be a sprint which is about six or seven kilometers so what are the spartan races yeah, spartan race i started last year and like i started uh it's an obstacle course first if somebody's heard of like the likes of Hell and Back or Tough Mudder, it's similar enough to those. I've done I've done it loads of different types of ones before. Um but the Spartans are a game changer because you can't complete an obstacle, you have to do thirty burpees before you move on. Full burpees with a clap in mud and <laughs> wet and rain and it's just sorry hang amazing. on wet and rain you were in bloody grease for the last one and it was grease for 30 the last, degrees the last so don't, one. don't <laughs> be waffling people mud and rain okay it wasn't a holiday it was a you know it's a physical challenge like yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um even just talking about like the mud and rain like the type of goal and challenge i love is something that makes you dig deep inside and my first spartan race last year was with a group of guys a couple from kilkenny a couple from the north in Edinburgh, uh, in the hills of Edinburgh, everybody this knows about Scotland story. and their hills, but um, 
Yeah, we signed up to this Spartan beast, not really knowing what it was. Like, Doesn't sound it, like I, I would do more research before I signed up to something called <laughs> yeah. a Spartan beast. I think, I think I, when I was told about it first, it was a Spartan race. And then I signed up and it was a Spartan beast. got to the airport beast. and Spartan beast <laughs> banners everywhere. And then it was supposed to be like 19 kilometers roughly, which is, it was it would be tough. Do you, do you mind if I ask what weight were you at at this stage? I was uh, probably 125, 26 kilo roughly something like that um and a lot of running a lot of obstacles where you're kind of body weight you're going to be putting yourself up and over things and climbing yeah absolutely so there's about 35 obstacles in a beast um this particular beast was 25 kilometers long um <laughs> so it's it's a funny thing about the spartans you never really know because it's 19 plus kilometers on the website it could be anything it could be 40 this yeah. sounds a lot like the barkley marathons runs yeah. if anyone i think that was our first podcast episode yeah. if you haven't watched if you watch yeah, yeah how yeah. good he is yeah. so insane <laughs> if you haven't seen the barkley marathons i didn't until Rudds told me on the first yeah. podcast day. go watch it it's yeah it sounds very like that absolutely yeah um so we turned up anyway really not knowing just like the first long race so i knew we'd be out there for a while um so it was absolutely lashing rain. It was freezing, fog, everything. And this is in July in Edinburgh, right? So it's just, it's like Ireland. You just don't get a sunny day in the summer like when you need it. So um, we turned up and off we set. Um, so there were six of us and within about 60 seconds I was on my own. So <laughs> being the, the less uh, speedy of everyone. So, which was fine. Um, I just muddled along. So I went um, I went on through through the race I remember stopping at a water station somewhere along the way and asking roughly how far we were gone. And this is about two and a half hours in, or something like that. And she said, you're gone about seven kilometers. Oh. And at this stage, I didn't know it was 25. I was still thinking, all right, well, it's only 19, like, you know. So, <laughs> so did you show you a map beforehand or anything? No, no there's, uh, there, there is a map of the obstacles, but it doesn't have like distance yeah, on yeah. it or whatever. So, um, yeah, some of the most physically demanding challenges you come across, like, like on the beast, you're carrying, you could be sort of, you carry a bucket of stones, like a heavy bucket of gravel, like you fill it up and you have to carry it up. It was about 800 meters a kilometer of an, like an uphill loop back down in the wet and muck and like slipping with the stones and like you can't drop, you can't drop it or you're like, you have to start again. So it's, and carrying tires and sandbags and all those loops are like, you know, six, 700 meters, farmer's walks, um, all sorts of challenges. Um, rope climb wasn't happening, but like there was plenty of <laughs> monkey bars weren't happening. Same thing with the weight. This just takes a lot out of me. So I found myself at uh, one stage in, in the hills, um, turning back, like you just kept going. There was four and a half thousand feet of elevation throughout the race. So that's a lot. If anyone doesn't know, it's just a lot. <laughs> so you go, you go down, uh, we were going down um, a, a fell and we turned back to go back up the side of a, a hill. And I turned and I, I started to go up and I got a cramp in my quad. And Not a good place no, with the hills around. Yeah, so what happens then? I went to stretch my quad, pull me out Hammy back. Hammy went. Hammy went. Oh, no. Hammy went, dropped down, calves went. I, right, so, and both legs, both legs were just like cramping. And this is only 13, 14K in now. Because I, like, it's the longest challenge I'd ever done physically. And um, so I was literally lying on the side of the mountain just in agony. And I couldn't, like, it was, oh, so was there anyone close by or anyone passing? People were going by, but there's nothing you can really do. Like, you know, they're on their own mission to get through the race. Like, they stop and say, are you all right? And, you know, I know it's just cramp. I wasn't injured. Yeah. It's just cramp. So it's, it's like... Go on, you're, you're, you're fine. Like, you know, so all I knew was I just needed to wait, but it was, no, it was 12 or 15 minutes of 
you know, tough cramp, like, um, so it subsides eventually, like, you know, it does, getting back up and going from there was tough, but the one thing throughout those times in the race when I would cramp or, or anything, it's just for the finish point, it took me eight hours and six minutes to finish, so it's a long time for a physical challenge to be out there, and how we get through that or how I get through that is, I was a little place in my mind I go, and I, if I had to describe it to anyone, I could be sitting on a, an armchair by a fire in my mind when all this is going on outside, even with the cramp and that, it's just like things are happening, they're physical, like they're, you know, it's the mental game that comes into play, like how strong are you as a person to pull yourself through when times get tough, and, and that's what really gets me through something like that, like I, I physically wasn't prepared for that much of a race, but mentally I had it in me because of my experiences in my past where digging deep was the main reason I'd get through something, whether it be an emotional experience or another physical physical experience or something like that. If you can stay strong in your mind, you, you will get through. You will get through it one way or another. All I had to focus on was one step at a time. And if you can, can't tell yourself to take one step at a time, then you know you're done. If you can tell yourself mentally, can you take one step? Yeah, you can take one step. That's fine. All you have to do is take one more step. The finish line is there somewhere you're one step closer every time you'll get there yeah that's that's kind of something that uh when people are looking at sort of big picture goals it's very hard to like your goal for example you could tie that back to your millimeter challenge one stroke on the rower next stroke next stroke brings you closer and closer and it helps you break it up into smaller smaller nuggets but you didn't mention there what happened when you finally finished the race so did you not get a Stranded there? Oh yes. Oh, this is the. This is probably the hardest part. This is the. This is what I found. I, like I was this, listening to the story. Yeah. I was like, "Geez, that's really impressive." And yeah. then I couldn't hold my laughter back when I heard this. So I think that the the longest of the six of us that left, the next longest was like seven hours. So he was finished, um, and the guys, the other guys, would have been finished, and they were all changed and stuff. So when he got back, like they had no Togged idea. in town, having so, a few beers. Pretty much, we we're out in the middle of. Uh, it was. Spittle Farm out, and it's about forty-five minutes from Edinburgh, and it's in the middle of nowhere, literally in the middle of nowhere. So, um, the guys got a, uh, they all got back. They were changed and all that. They got got a taxi, uh, managed to get a taxi, a group taxi, and um, back into town. So I get back over the finish line, like hardest challenge of my life. I remember there was a volunteer there, and she was messing around at the start, like just banter, like before the race. And she was actually there when we finished, and she came over and gave me a hug, and I nearly like cried, like it was real emotional, like you know, it kind of hit hitching the feels, like. But um, yeah. So then I, I, I kind of was like a zombie at that stage because I'd finished. I then everything started kicking in. I was real, like really drained. So went to find, uh, went, I went to find the changing rooms and bags and stuff. It took me so long to change. Like getting a pair of socks on after that was the that was a real challenge. Like you know, <laughs> don't worry about bur- burpees or anything like that. But um, yeah, so I um, I went out with bags and got. I finally got out my phone. Like it was still lashing rain and it was freezing, and all I had was like a jumper and a tracksuit bottoms on and I'd no rain jacket or anything like that. So I got on the phone and I said, oh, "Guys, uh, where are you?" And they're like, "We're back in Edinburgh." Like you know. <laughs> The three uh, sisters downtown, yeah, having a few years. Pretty much, yeah. And I was like, uh, all right, how did you get back in? And I, and I was like, there was no way for me. Basically, no taxi would come out for me from Edinburgh just to collect one person out in Spittlefarm. I was like, I'll pay you whatever, just please help. <laughs> but I was freezing. I was so cold after the race because you're wet throughout it. Um, so literally, and there was no like, 
uh, shuttle buses or anything. So, uh, badly I, run event. First of all, <laughs> I, just, I have no interest in going to Edinburgh. So, so I sat, I sat, um, I sat under a gazebo in a chair, and I shivered like I never shivered before. And I just sat there, like shiver, trying, literally trying to figure out what I was going to do. I had no idea. I was going to walk somewhere but I didn't know where I was just going to go I didn't know what I was going to do I was there for about an hour and a half afterwards and eventually a volunteer um oh he'd asked a volunteer about like is there any way I can get back to Edinburgh and like you know there's like they won't come out cabs won't come out like some private cars might come out but she wasn't sure and she'd have to try to get a number that so I, I went back to the tent and about five minutes later she came over and she goes look I'm going to take time off the event and I'll bring you into I'll bring you in to Edinburgh like you know so she sh- she took time out of her um her day to to help me out and bring me back in so she brought me right up to the hostel dropped me off like you know and it was a uh, it was just I was so grateful for that like you know Fair play to her. getting back into the hostel it took me about 20 minutes to get up the stairs and <laughs> one flight and uh <laughs> and get a shower nice just get into a nice hot shower but um yeah, stay in the hostel. What were you thinking? Like yeah. bunk beds? I was on the top bunk. I was like, <laughs> what am I doing? But that'll even that'll stand to you even the experience after the event when it was finally done. That'll that surely stand to you still. Yeah, well, that's it. Like um, you know, this like that's why I, if I was able to get through that um, physically uh, and with my mental support, like uh, the likes of doing the two Spartan races this year together on the same day, it'll be probably roughly the same distance. Um, I will have to go through some of the harder obstacles twice. But compared, I'm probably about three stone lighter than I was that this time last year, and I'm a huge amount fitter, and I will be even more fitter because I'm planning on having the million meters completed by then, and that's just gonna like set me up for a lot of the challenges this year physically because of the the cardio element of it. Like my heart and lung capacity has gone through the roof just from run. Um, I've noticed my running times coming down without doing running. I've noticed, you know, just feeling much better going like uh, like doing little things like going upstairs, or walking, and like that. I just have a huge uh, my heart rate has come down a lot and um yeah feel really you good see the crossover benefits to tons of different areas Absolutely. of life yeah that's yeah. awesome i'm conscious of uh ruds getting to ashburn and not being late for the uh, irish clubs training so on to your v- veganism next yeah um w- with this like talk us through it quickly how, how did it come about and uh people are people are very interested in it from the questions i got in line yesterday okay. loads of people wanted to ask questions about being vegan and, and how you find your training and with weight loss in particular yeah absolutely um again uh stemmed through uh, FFS Nutrition Coaching last year one of a lot, the, of, a lot of plugs for the Nutrition Coaching Care <laughs> Absolutely, <society. right. laughs> it's, it's, when it's worth plugging and plug it um, I, uh, one of the daily lessons was uh, try out a plant based diet for a day um, and my own head I was, I was saying like you know a day is fine but I've probably done plant based days throughout my life without knowing it you know so I didn't feel I'd get a huge amount of knowledge from just trying it out for a day so I said I'd give it a week I'll do a plant based diet for a week um, so I went on to a vegan, fully vegan diet for a week um, to see how I felt. And at the end of the week, I felt I felt really good. I would have fed fed back that to Kieran at the time. And um, I uh, so I decided I had I think two runs coming up at a ten k and the Spartan race coming up within a month or or I can't remember exactly when it was, but uh, I said I'd see how it fueled me. So I said, you know what, I feel great after a week. I'm going to keep going for a month. I have a couple of races. I'll see how it fuels me, and I'll go from there. I'll make a decision then on whether it's something I want to do permanently or not. And um, I did the races. I think I got my fastest 10k time. Like whether it was down to that or training or whatever, I put two and two together and said it was mixed everything. I was feeling awesome. Um, and like I just like when you feel good doing something, 
I don't see a reason in not keeping doing it, like you know. Um, so that's that's why I kept it kept it up, and I made a decision to go on a fully vegan diet. So I have been since the first of September um, on a fully vegan diet. You should see it on the Instagram. All the food from then is 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 all fully vegan. Um, loads of learning and a huge amount of learning. Like learn so much about the diet itself. Um, like I suppose even deficiencies you'd have when you're on that diet so like even just getting that experience to share with people that do ask questions about it or if i have any clients that want to try out something like that i can share some insights into it um but absolutely like you know just getting in uh, like vi- some vitamins and amino acids that you mightn't get if you're not on a, a meat eating yeah. diet so it's important just to be aware of those things if you're going to try it um so like you know i supplement with those um so there's no problems in that area some people always go you know do you not get enough protein in realistically i'm probably i'm getting probably the same amount of protein in now as i was when i was eating a I would never over it. Like, I'm not in a muscle-building state at the moment, so I don't need to eat a huge amount of protein. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm in a weight loss journey at the moment. Um, the, the likes of the challenges I have this year are hugely cardio-based, and, you know, the less... Not, not I'm losing muscle, but the less any... Uh, weight weight yeah. the, the oxygen has to go into to fuel me and get through um, is, is, is good. Like, And I feel like I'm probably in better shape than I have been in years absolute years I'm fitter by far I'm not as strong as I would have been when I was competing in strongman that was my goals at the time yeah. I'm fitter than I was when I was competing in strongman uh, both cardiovascularly mentally everything like I just feel the best I felt and and with the vegan thing obviously it's we get a lot of questions about people coming to us looking for sort of that one diet and it's a lot like all the questions I put up a post on Instagram yesterday uh, on my story saying you were on and have you any questions particularly about vegan based diets um, one of the things that I find with say the vegan diet is it'll work fantastically for what you're saying there is to to figure out how you feel how it makes you feel and if it makes you feel good do it like there's no question if something makes you feel as good as it made you feel because we've spoken about this it made you feel amazing do it absolutely do it but sort of the i gotta be careful my words here not not the problem i'd have with it is people who would say look at what you're doing and go because he's gone vegan he's losing all this weight and it's changing everything and they'll kind of look for i need one thing i need to go vegan or vegetarian and i'll lose a lot of weight but in reality if a lot of a lot of people who go dip in between diets like you did and i'm sure hopefully hopefully you'll back this up otherwise my point will fall on its face is any type of structured eating regime will have a positive effect so if you're somebody who dips in and out of eating different ways and tries kind of crash diets and all this stuff, if you just sit down, whether it's vegan, whether it's pescatarian, vegetarian, or whether it's eating meat, but being mindful of what you're actually consuming, you're probably going to get a little bit closer to your body composition goals. So people look and go, I need to go vegan. I'm going to lose all this weight. Well, crisps aren't part of a vegan diet. Like chocolate isn't, you know, what I mean? it's cutting out all the other little bits mm-hmm. that people, when they go into actually a structured eating, eating program, they're going to find benefits. But the biggest thing you're talking about is how it made you feel. Mm-hmm. And th- that's the big takeaway for people, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I suppose the basics uh, are the calorie deficit, you're going to lose weight. You can do that eating any diet at all. Um, the the way I approach it was, like, I'll try any, like, I'll try it and I'll see how I feel. Um, like, I was talking about the habits I built over the year. They were long before I started any sort of vegan diet or anything like that. They had nothing to do with my weight loss. Uh, I was, I was, like eating the way I was and living the lifestyle I was before I tried that. I tried that to see how it physically made me feel and mentally made me feel over the period. So I would say to anybody, anybody who wants to try a vegan diet or a plant-based diet or pescatarian, vegetarian, whatever it is, absolutely try it. 
gauge how you feel from it and if it doesn't feel right don't do it if it felt better eating meat or whatever you're doing absolutely go for that um and if you feel great on it great you know um and i I, I initially like some people ask about the ethical side of veganism and i didn't get into it for that originally i always like i absolutely abhor like any cruelty to animals and things like that but i didn't get into it for that reason originally to try it um but the ethical side has grown on me as well, like throughout it, you know. So it is nice to know that you're contributing in some way, um, you know, to to eat to to I suppose just um, society as a whole, like in from that term. But in terms of actually how you feel, don't do don't do it for that reason. If you don't feel good doing it, you know. Yeah. Look after number one first. That's it. Just in terms of again, it ties back to the two points with Neil is um, when we did it we approached it as an experiment and he'd already built up all these habits so treating it as an experiment we said we'd take two weeks and see how it felt Neil's like I actually feel great I'm going to do it for a month so approaching it with a learning mentality as opposed to approaching it with I'm doing it to lose weight and then when you don't see weight loss in two weeks you give it up and try something different so approaching it as a student as opposed to approaching it as a quick fix to get you to your outcome getting rid of that hack term i'm seeing vegan hacks everywhere people are talking about like hacks and shortcuts and quick ways to do things like you're talking about do something for a period of time if you're trying if you experiment with things and you're open-minded you'll find something that's going to work for you and then harnessing what feels good like that'd be a big takeaway i think for it um okay on to our quiz uh vegan themed quiz this week uh the forfeit is for the week we have a new kitchen uh, Neil's obviously based full time now that he's finished his qualifications the forfeit is vegan lunches for the entire team one day this week so if you lose this challenge you got to prepare an entirely vegan uh, lunch for everybody up in the, the office up in the kitchen whatever day you choose this week this is great for me because I'm getting fed one way or another do you accept gentlemen absolutely yeah sounds great okay right so what we've got is uh i've got a list here of several celebrities you have got to state whether you think they are vegan or whether they are not vegan uh, we'll take vegetarian ish it's the stats are constantly moving on this neil's nodding but like the amount of spoofers online that say they're vegan and then i found people like putting up pictures on instagram with them having a steak and stuff so people who are sorry Rudd, non-meat uh, non meat eaters yeah. yeah well mo- mo- i think most of them are vegan but someone's going to text in or tweet in and be yeah. like you know rory you're lying okay so uh i'll ask i'll name the person uh, you both get to say whether you think it or not, and I'll keep track of the results. So, number one, uh, vegan or not, uh, Rudd's Ellen DeGeneres. Vegan. 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 Uh, you're both correct. Fair play, Ellen. That's, uh, yeah, okay. Um, next up, we have got Casey Affleck. Rudd's? Me, yeah. Vegan. Hot meals by Neil coming in. Two one that's a point for Neil. One up. Uh next up, Brian O'Driscoll. Neil? Uh not vegan. Rudds? Not vegan. You're just trusting Neil's knowledge no, on vegan. I wouldn't have said he was a vegan. Yeah, fair enough. He loves an ounce steak. Yeah. Uh okay, next one. Um Clint Eastwood. Rudds. Vegan. Not vegan. Not vegan. Damn all right, it. two points for Neil. Two points for Neil. Uh, okay, all right. Uh, next one. Rudd's Woody Harrelson. Vegan. Vegan. 
I would never have thought he was vegan. I don't know. He is vegan. I, I never would have thought that. I didn't know that, but I just said vegan. Yes. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay, interesting. So Neil only needs one more. Um, we have got Johnny Knoxville. Rudds? Vegan. Not vegan. Oh, Hot Meals by Niels does it. Steve-O is a vegan from Jackass. <laughs> Did you actually know all those? No, I knew but three of them. Okay, good man. Yeah, so, Rudds, what are we going to be having? Have you got any ideas? Uh, allow me to come back to you, but I'm thinking maybe, um, like, a veggie burger. Be- like bean chick- burgers. Chick- myself chickpea myself and Neil had burger. some serious bean burgers yeah. in the night. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah, that's what I'm thinking. But it, that could be subject to change. I'll get my cookbooks up. Yeah, very good. Uh, Neil, thanks a million for yeah, joining you. us. Do you want to give a quick shout to... Can you doing a lot of fundraising over the summer? Yeah, with absolutely. Challenges? Thanks. Um, yeah, I'm doing a Quest Adventure Series 12-hour race in uh, August 25th, and I'm doing it to raise 5,000 euro for the Irish Cancer Society. So if anybody would like to donate, they can do on www.justgiving.e forward slash fundraising forward slash Neil Gunning one and I will pop that in the we'll, we'll put that in the show notes yeah. and on Instagram because I've forgotten it already yeah. so <laughs> you're trying to raise f- 5k yeah 5,000 euros my target for August so just only started there uh, last week so um, we're looking to really get stuck into it over the next few months and, and, and get that money for Irish Cancer Society if we can brilliant yeah absolutely brilliant and uh, yeah thanks again Neil for coming on uh, hope, we hope you enjoyed the podcast guys stay tuned for some kind of big announcements in the next couple of weeks we've got a couple of really big guests coming on and some interesting things happening with the pod so uh, uh, if you like what you're hearing make sure to give us a review on iTunes click subscribe or get us on SoundCloud if you have any questions hit them to Rory Mac FFS on Instagram or Twitter and get us the questions in any questions you give us we will do our best to get covered catch you next time